You're listening to The Building Code. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. And today we are live at Maha Discovery. What the heck is Maha Discovery, Tom? Maha Discovery is a great one-day conference here in Omaha, Nebraska, where people are discovering how to build a better future. What are you building? What am I building? I'm building this podcast right right now. That's right. (laughs) Good stuff. We're joined on our podcast today by one of the speakers of Maha Discovery. His name is Josh Dotzler. He works for Abide. You started Abide, though. I mean, I was two years old when I started Abide. Yeah, uh, early. So, I mean, I yeah. was, you know, came out the womb and Entrepreneur had an incredible vision. That's amazing. My parents started it, but been a part since, since the beginning. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, we're going to dive in and talk about all things Abide. And we want to know about your story and your kind of construction background a little bit. Obviously, that's a highlight for our, our listeners who love to hear about construction. Yeah. I know a lot about construction. I thought about bringing my tool belt. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I was like, ah, that might be a little too much. That might be too extra. Yeah, we we would have welcomed it. <laughs> You're talking the wrong two guys. Haven't swung a hammer in a long time. <laughs> I was hoping I was going to learn a little something no. about construction. <laughs> not, not, not today. Not today. Not not today. today. Okay. No. Let's start off first. Josh, give us a rundown of Abide's uh, mission. What are you guys all about? Yeah, so our, our mission uh, is to revitalize the inner city one neighborhood at a time. And my parents, 30 years ago, my dad was a chemical engineer and felt like he wanted to be a part of building a better future, didn't know where it was, moved into North Omaha. Uh, he's a white guy from Iowa. Okay. And any white guys from Iowa? No, I'm just kidding. Um, my mom's African-American from Washington, D.C., and so he moves into this predominantly African-American community, experienced crime, violence. He's from this small town, had never seen it before, and he knew that he wanted to be a part of the solution in some way. And he, saw tons of overwhelming problems, but started to just take action in the neighborhood that we lived in and started to see change. And we said, if we can see it in one neighborhood, man, we can see it in more neighborhoods. That's awesome. That's an incredible mission. And and really started, I'll say this, really started through projects. It was a mission of mobilizing people to the North Omaha community. We would find abandoned houses. We would find people who needed their houses fixed up. And so we would literally mobilize people to do work projects. I literally grew up doing work projects. That was it. Swinging a hammer. That was you. We got paid five cents to pull nails out of boards. Like five cents per nail? Five cents per two by four. Okay. Okay. You can make a I buck mean, is that there. A good, is that a good trade-off? I mean, no. I guess it depends, no, it's not. <laughs> depends on how many nails are in the two by yeah, Let me just, let me just yeah. state, it's not a good trade-off. <laughs> probably built character. Yeah. It built a lot of character. That's right. There you go. So, so where did your parents go find people I mean, in the early, early days? Just neighbors? So my dad, my dad was a part of church, part yeah. of a pretty big church in the city, and, and just felt like specifically at his church and people of faith, felt like, man, People of faith are called to take action where there is need. Yeah. And so started to mobilize people there. But over the years, businesses and individuals from all over have, have joined. That's great. That's awesome. Tell us about the progress you've made in this journey. So obviously starting off small, Yeah. you guys build things called lighthouses. Is that right? Yeah. You want to talk a little about the lighthouses? Give a little more context there. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that we do. Yeah. Started small. I'm one of 14 kids. And so wow. we didn't start too small because there was yeah. a lot of us. You get a team right um, there. But definitely 30 years ago, started pretty small. And then over the years, in 2007, our family lived in a neighborhood not too far away from here that the police redlined as one of the most violent. And, and we, there was an old abandoned building that in the 1800s was a horse and buggy fire station. 
And my dad drove by it one day, saw this old abandoned building that the city was getting ready to tear down. And he said, I think that could be a place for good things to happen one day. And he went back to his board like a good leader does, asked his board and everybody on his board said, no way. And my dad being the entrepreneur that he was, decided to do it anyway, found one person. So he purchased this building for hardly nothing. The police said they found dead bodies in this building at one point in time. It's a 15,000 square foot facility and with mostly volunteers and donated materials, refurbished this place that's a $1.5 million project for less than $50,000. And that, that became our model for what a lighthouse is. It's taking these old dilapidated uh, uh, houses in neighborhoods, refurbishing them, and then our family moved into that neighborhood and started to intentionally become a part of uh, the solution in that community. So was that original lighthouse like a community center then, or what did what it was? Every be? yeah, it was everything. It was our family. It was a community center. It was honestly, it started very organically. So we started to hold block parties at our house. We started to mobilize people to that location, but then also to that neighborhood. We would do cleanup days. Mm -hmm. uh, we started to plant gardens. We found other projects in that community. We really started to target that specific area and having a, a house, that location that our family moved into, I mean, it was bigger than a house, but having that location really created a focus for that community that was pretty powerful. So how soon did you see that lighthouse start affecting the community by, by way of um, yep. other, other neighbors cleaning up their houses and feeling like part of the community or people coming in because yeah. you've, you've sort of cleaned it up? Or? So it was, it was definitely a process, which I think yeah. is so huge because it's part of a process of building relationships. I mean, the beautification, that stuff helps, but ultimately it, it, there's relational equity that you have to build. And so we bought that building in 1993. Mm -hmm. We moved into it in 1996. In 2007, the police said that neighborhood was one of the most violent. But in 2009, the police came back and said this neighborhood that was once one of the worst is one of the best. Wow. So there was a good 10 plus years of really working, building relationship. We actually did that building, but we also did several other houses in that neighborhood too. Right. So is this a model that you picked up from somewhere else? Like what was the origination and how can, do you have a vision of taking this to other cities? Are you guys already in other cities? Uh, we, we are in some other cities. Okay. We've kind of gone to other cities more organically. People who have worked with us have taken this model, taken it to Florida, uh, have taken it to Kansas City, and other people have come down and learned from what we're doing. It wasn't a model, model that we learned from anybody, even though we've seen people do something similar. It was a model that happened by accident. And it was really my parents saying, hey, we want to be a, a part of the solution in some way. And so we're just going to try to do what we know how to do practically. And over the course of time, it was actually after the results came out that we said, let's turn this into a strategy. <laughs> because before that, it wasn't a strategy. We actually turned it into a strategy after we saw the results. So, so what's it look like today as it relates to your family being involved? Are your parents still heavily involved? And yep. are like 12 of the 14? Because like, I would hate to be yeah. those two. Right. I mean, we're, we're still trying to go after them. We're, we're, we're telling them they're making the biggest mistake of their life. I mean, many of us have played roles in different ways. My right. parents are still heavily apart. They still live in the same building. The same building. Uh, yeah. My wife and I are apart. My sister, Kriana, who's sitting over here, she's actually my boss now, uh, works with us. So, so a lot of my family has been apart. We've got a team of... 25 plus people, 51 lighthouses have been done. Wow. Uh, we've adopted um, close to 100 neighborhoods. And the, the strategy, I would say, has continued to evolve because we just know if we're going to see this thing really happen, the inner city revitalize, we've got to move faster. That's incredible. 51 houses? It's amazing. Yeah. 
So let's talk about how the that, the renovation of those houses yeah. go in. I mean, obviously, like you said, you've got a big family, but there's more than that that's big time. going into this. You want to give us some kind of behind the scenes of how that all works out? Yeah, I mean, number one, just so many people come and use their resources. And what we found, we use a lot of volunteers, and sometimes that can make the process a little longer. But also the equity, sweat equity that goes into those homes is pretty incredible. So we find a house. Sometimes people will give us a house and say, man, this thing is in terrible condition. We don't want anything to do with it. So we're willing to give it to you. Mm. And we're like, oh, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll engage architects who will donate their time to struck, like lay out the house, which we like to go in, open it up, make it look good. We'll bring in contractors who will literally donate weeks at a time to reframe, rebuild. I mean, organizations like Thrasher Basement will come in and donate their crew to redo the basements. And then we'll have to pay for some stuff, but a lot of times we can get people to come in and drywall it. Pella Windows has donated tons of windows for our homes. Nebraska Furniture Mart has donated appliances and flooring. And so different people will come in. HVAC systems have been donated or all the, the services to put them in. Their services and time have been given to us. So. A lot of people, I think businesses say, you know what, we can't do five houses, but maybe we could do one a year. Mm -hmm. And they'll give their resources to that. That's amazing. So what happens when it's done? Who lives in the house? Yeah, so, that work? so for us, who goes into the house is probably the game changer. It's mm -hmm. the most important part. And we have created a process through our events and activities, a funnel system where we want to get leaders to move into these communities. And, and I'll talk about it a little later, but we just really believe that in communities like North Omaha, there is a leadership vacuum. And so we're, we're strategic about who we put in those homes. And then we try to coach them and then give them the resources to intentionally engage their neighborhood. In a way, you want them to be a lighthouse of a person. That's it. Right. Like to really get everybody else to come in. Yeah, the, literally. Lighthouse isn't the, the physical house. It's the people it's the yeah. bringing life to that community. That's awesome. I, I want to talk a little more about this leadership vacuum because not only are you trying to solve the problem of like renovating a neighborhood, yeah. you're also talking about renovating and starting leaders. Yes. So can you give us a little bit of insight on how you guys go about that? Yeah. I mean, part of it is, I would say, embedded into the DNA of our organization. My dad, since I was a young person, would look at me and say, Josh, you're a leader. I'm like, dad, no, I'm not. Like, stop he say, no, you're a leader. You're a leader. And he would tell me that all the time. And, and, and as I grew up and played through sports and played basketball, and that just stuck with me. And, and for me, I wanted to leave the community. And the saying in North Omaha, success in life means to move out of the community. And so we believe we want to shift the paradigm and the culture of the community, but it requires that leaders stay in the community and not leave. And so, number one, we do it by creating a culture where guys like myself, I mean, people like my sister, Kriana, instead of moving out after college, they decide to move back in. And we've seen people sell their house in Dundee, sell their house out west to move to North Omaha. Who does that? That's amazing. Unless you want to be a part of this kind of bigger cause and bigger purpose. And then we have leadership programs. I mean, we, we believe so strongly in this development of leadership. That's it's, awesome. It's similar to what we talk about with, with Big Omaha and Maha and Discovery yeah. is like, we, we, we cultivate such big talents here in tech and then they go to the coast. Yeah. Like just stay here. Yes. Stay yes. here and build it here. You're just exactly reinvest. Right. Yeah. You're just reinvesting, reinvest. which is great. And, and, and like, it is kind of hard to sell it right. <laughs> sometimes because yeah. we don't have all the things that other cities have. But you start to create momentum, and then before you know it, I mean, you got organizations like Builder Trend, and, and, and you talk about culture. I loved, I was talking to somebody who works with you guys about your culture. Mm -hmm. 
the culture you've created, I mean, you get a buy-in and people are drawn to that. That's what we, if we're going to transform a community, we can't just provide a service. We have to shift the culture. Totally. And that's Good. what our hope is. That's amazing. That's awesome. So what is the future? Like what, what is your vision or, or your company's vision? And, and uh, just talk us through that. And of course, we want to know how people can help too. I yep. mean, so, so for us, we say our vision is that one day in Omaha, Nebraska, there would be a new inner city that the inner city wouldn't be known for crime, violence, poverty. We know we can't do it by ourselves. There's other organizations that are a part of that too. But we want a vision where people are moving into the community, not out of it. Where there, there's safety, there's stability, and also, I mean, you look at right now, the place we're in, Metro Community. I right. mean, this is an amazing facility right here in our community. We want to continue to highlight the strengths of the community. Yeah, that's amazing. So do you have goals? Like in terms of, I don't, I don't know sort of what you, what you do with goals is like number of lighthouses, is a number of volunteers or yep. people that can help you out? What's that look like? Yep. So there's kind of two sides of it. Number one is goals to mobilize more people. Mm -hmm. And so we have goals on, I mean, we, we recognize that the success of our mission is directly related to the amount of people we can mobilize. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're saying we've got to mobilize more people. At one point in time, our goal was by, by 2027 uh, was to mobilize 70,000 people. Okay. Wow. And, and, and that number is probably growing because we just realized we need people of all different places. And then within the community, lighthouses, leaders were developing and raising up and then lives that were impacting. It's amazing. Count me mobilized. Yeah. There's two Come right on. Here. We're in. Come on. Who else is we're mobilized in. out there? Who else? Yeah. Let's see those hands. Oh. Raise your hand. Lots of hands being go. raised. Six people. We'll all right. Guys, hey, go. That's better than, you know, <laughs> better, than <laughs> better when you start. <laughs> every, every person counts. It just went up to 70,006 people. Yeah. Let's go. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much for going through everything with us today. We really appreciate what you're doing here for our community and how you're revitalizing it, how you're revolutionizing it. So thanks for sharing that with us here on The Building Code. We will continue to support you guys and however we can. So we'll make sure we'll put something in the show notes for the podcast. Make sure you check that out at buildertrend.com slash podcast, and you'll see information on how you can help abide. Yeah, but just tell the audience too. It. Like, is there a website or, or where's the easiest, fastest way to? Yeah, I'd say the easiest way, abideomaha.org. You can go there, get information, sign up, and uh, yeah, get in the game. Not only changes the community, but I believe it changes us too. Get in the game. For sure. That's awesome. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks for Josh. having me. Round of applause you. for Josh. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.